common sense reality check for both the left and the right. This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. As we head into the next couple of election cycles, August, November, then obviously into 2024, voters are consistently telling media and those who are doing surveys that one of their top two or three issues is crime. It is danger. It is violence. It is our court system. And the idea of criminal justice reform is something that both the left and the right say we need, but their ideas of it tend to be very, very different. I'm Mike Ferguson. Thank you for staying with us on American Viewpoints. And the question then comes down to what is the right reform? What is the right way to address criminal justice in a way that's not just a campaign slogan, but is actually solutions oriented? And I'm joined now by former Congressman Doug Collins, a Republican from Georgia. And Congressman, thank you so much for being on the program, because what's at stake here isn't just a campaign slogan for the next sets of elections. But we're talking about constitutional rights. We're talking about public safety. We're talking about individual rights. We're talking about things that are just massive in importance in a republic like ours. Uh, Mike, it's good. I'm glad to be with you today to talk about this because it is important. These are the very, you know, what I say beyond the bread and butter issues. This is, you know, looking at the kind of society we want to live in. And the concern about crime, the concern about our criminal justice system, the concern is not just a a constitutional issue. It's also a moral issue and it's also a money issue. And I think when you look at it from those perspectives, this is why from my perspective, a conservative perspective is the best route to go. And and it's frankly the only route that actually lifts people up, enforces the law and keeps our communities safe at the same time. Um, there has to be a punitive part to our criminal justice system. Otherwise, there is no criminal justice system. And I think that's what we're seeing from the left's perspective here is that, you know, if you just uh, don't enforce the law, then then everything will be OK. You know, make sure people understand that's not right. But the reality is that's not what good criminal justice reform uh, should look like. What is the right What is the right tone or the right approach when you want to balance criminal justice reform and over criminalization and all of these things and public safety and being tough on crime? Can you do both? Yes, I think you can. The the balance is this. Look, true criminal justice reform or true criminal justice in period should be that the the crime and the punishment match each other. Um, This is something that I've heard from many people as we've, we've talked about this. In the understanding of the criminal justice system, you know, if they if people think they're going to get away with something, you're going to see probably more of it. You're seeing that in Los Angeles, you're seeing in Chicago, you're seeing in Philadelphia, Atlanta, other places, um, because there's no prosecutorial arm here. Criminal justice system always has to have the counterbalance that if you do something wrong, there will be accountability for it. Now, how you deal with that accountability then becomes a little bit more of a uh a discussion because it has to be matched. You can't simply say, if you speed, we're going to put you in jail for 50 years. Nobody would agree that that was a good punishment. Uh, you know, minor possession of uh, say marijuana, something like that. Should that deserve a 10 to 15 year sentence? Probably not because there's two aspects of this that you have to understand. But if you're doing a violent crime, if you're doing something destroying property, you're hurting an individual, then you have to be held accountable for a time that uh, you know not only is punitive, but also says maybe this is a, a deterrent to this action. 
this is the part, though, that really gets people understanding, because if you locked everybody up, which is the old law and order, just lock everybody up, then the financial aspect of that is, is devastating on a state budget or even a federal budget. But also, if you just let everybody go, you have the criminal aspect uh, moving. So you have to look at it from a perspective where are we wanting to spend our money. And we have to look at it from a, the police, making sure our police are funded, the investigations are funded, making sure that our mental health uh, facilities are funded, make sure that we have alternate uh, ways to deal with those who are running into a foul with the law. But also at the same point, there has to be an understanding that there is an element of punishment here if you do something wrong. That's why it's a moral and a money issue that we have to deal with. We are visiting with former Congressman uh, Doug Collins, and uh, you've also got a, a podcast that people can get to, which we'll uh, we'll put out there in just a few minutes here. Now, before we get to the the conviction or the plea and the punishment aspect of this, one of the hot button issues right now has to do with bonding out, getting bail, and uh, who gets to stay in jail and who doesn't before there's a conviction or even a trial. That's a tricky situation because you actually don't have a conviction or a guilty plea yet, but at the same time, you've got possible public dangers. Uh, you've got the left, which basically says, let's get away with, get be done with cash bail. You've got the right that says, hey, they're charged and, and keep them in jail until uh, there's a trial. Is there a middle ground that once again balances that public safety and constitutional rights while protecting communities when there's evidence somebody may have done something really bad? Uh, yes, there is. I mean, there, look, there, there's no evidence that cash bail in and of itself is the is the complete end all to keeping people responsible and, and doing what they're going to be doing. But there's also no uh, there's also the opposite range when you have no bail, you're just letting people out. There, there is a, uh, a correlation that you see crime rising. Here's what you got to look at in between here. Cash bail or or keeping people in jail is appropriate when you look at the appropriate uh, indicators and metrics. Are you looking at someone who's uh, had a who has a criminal history? Someone who has uh, had more than one or two run-ins with the law? If they also if they have a violence or a uh, a, a you know record that is a property crime that actually leads to uh, violence against someone else, or if they've actually threatened someone, or if there's a uh, you know a weapon involved, those are things that say, okay, look, this person probably needs to be kept in. We'll look at the crime. We'll look at what they're arrested for. Or the cash bail set at a much higher level where they're just not an immediate getting out. However, on the other end, there is a, a, a ways that you can use uh, on for possession for for minor offenses where you use a system of of uh, you know pretrial diversion, other things like that that can actually you know balance this off. Again, you hit something very important here. These people are simply charged; they're not convicted yet. So, I mean, you got to say, okay, the ones that are charged with things that we're we're very concerned about, we need to keep them uh, in jail. The ones though that we maybe could find different ways. Uh, to keep a pretrial, maybe it's a, a monitoring, maybe it's something else that then also balances the cost of keeping this pretrial. That's what we got to look at. Do we have any examples around the country where some of these conservative led reforms have been put in place and we have enough time to see whether they are working yet or not? I think from overall conservative form, yes, you see it in, uh, you know, when you talk not just the pre-trial, but you see it through the detention part as well. Uh, states like Georgia, Texas, Kentucky, Oklahoma, these are all conservative states that implemented over the last 10 years, have implemented a lot of, uh, especially the uh, dealing with prison populations, how they get out, early time credit, those kind of things, where you're actually saying that we're going to put in place where you can actually do things to better not only yourself, but also get out. 
uh, of jail maybe earlier and the recidivism rates go down. There's a there's a direct correlation between doing uh, having pretrial issues and, and there's a whole gamut here, Mike. And I think that's what we have to understand that you can do pretrial before people go to trial. You can work with them on how you get uh, them the help maybe that they need and then deal with their situation. There's also uh, accountability courts in which you have people who are charged, say, DUIs, drugs, family violence, those things. You put them in a program lasting anywhere from 18 months to two years. Uh, you see they're held accountable. They have to pay for their treatments, but they're also the recidivism rate is, is very low. And then you also have to see these states that have put in uh, reforms on the sentencing end or on the uh, the uh, after uh, the uh, they people go to jail or go to prison. How do they prepare them to come back out? That's one of the biggest issues that I've seen actually does work when you're preparing those who are in jail. They're paying for their crime, but you're giving them the tools to when they get back out, they don't have to to go back to a life of crime. Those are things that do work. Yeah, this we've got less than a minute left here. Uh, former Congressman Doug uh, Collins. So yeah, there's so many different. Uh, different angles to this. There's just not one single solution. It sounds like this is going to be something you've got to string together every part from uh, before the crime to the crime, to the pre-trial, to the trial, to the the sentencing, to the serving of the mm-hmm. sentence and whatever rehabilitation, and then uh, look at recidivism rates. This is a complicated issue, Congressman. It is. And it's not something that can be, you know, in my mind, reduced to a bumper sticker. And and my concern is sometimes on the right and the left, we reduce these down to bumper sticker answers. And this is something you really got to dive into. But it's also a very important one, especially from our moral fabric of a country and also the billions that we put into criminal justice. And where do we find your podcast or ways for people to follow what you're working on? You can get in the podcast anywhere you find your normal podcast. It's the Doug Collins podcast. Uh, you can download it uh, from any of your where you normally get your podcast, or you can go to the DougCollinsPodcast.com and you can go straight from there. All right. Former Congressman Doug Collins, I really appreciate the uh, insight and the uh, conversation. Mike, we appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. Just ahead, taking care of those who fought for us, helping wounded warriors from the battlefield to the mental health field. That's just ahead right here on American Viewpoints.